0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the Car Stories podcast. My name is Aloisa and I'm so excited to be your host for today, accompanied by Daniel Valdez. Hello. And we have a very special guest visiting us today. His name is Tony Hatcher. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi. Um, most known for his iconic design of the 993, but he's also an overall automotive aficionado and um hot rod petrol head, I can say. Is that Can't true, be, Tony? That
1: absolutely true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um let to to um introduce yourself a little bit to the audience, um, where did you grow up? What is your car story? Okay,
1: the, in my car story, um you mentioned uh, we mentioned Porsches and hot rods in just about one sentence. And people would <laughs> people would normally say, Well, they haven't got anything to do with each other, but uh I don't think there's one Porsche that's identical to another Porsche out there. They're all somehow personalized or hot rodded by their own uh, owners. And, um, but anyway, my, my, uh, my car passion, I was always a, a car guy kid, but there are two iconic films from the early 70s, from 71, The Steep of Queens, and then 73, American Graffiti. And those are two diametrically opposing car cultures. The hot rod scene in England, there is one, but, you know, it's always raining. There's, there's, it's just, it doesn't work. So the, the culture scene that I followed was more the, uh, the automotive automotive sport, racing, circuit racing, and ultimately the more. And Porsche became my passion even before I thought I would even end up working there. I never realized that that could happen. I grew up in North England. uh and my parents pushed me in, or the school pushed me into a mechanical engineering direction, even though I was good at art, good at music. But nobody noticed I couldn't add up two and two. But no, that's what you've got to do. So,
0: so you started off with mechanical engineering yes, and then yes. went into automotive design?
1: I found, um, yeah, I ended up doing mechanical engineering in Sheffield, but uh, I didn't do very well. And I found an advertisement for a course in Coventry for industrial design, and then in brackets, transportation. And it was a sketch of a, a roller skate with two jet engines on the back, and that's, that's <laughs> intriguing. And uh, I was aware of, of car illustrations through ma- through magazines I'd seen, right. particularly from a guy called Peter Stevens, um, who later went on to become the McLaren F1 designer.
0: Right, right.
1: But... Um, he drew hot rods and stuff in the magazines I subscribed to. And uh, later when I found out, he was a course tutor at the Royal College of Art in London.
0: Oh, interesting. So
1: so I did my four years industrial design, transportation, which still didn't prepare me for the car business. They were more concerned with um, with how to get from A to B. And uh, I was concerned with how to get from A over C to, 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 to get… In the, in the a, artistic way. It was the journey. It was, I wasn't interested in the, uh, the economy of getting from A to B.
2: <laughs> what was uh, the car that you first saw that was just like, wow? This is-
1: well, you know, we, we, we talked about that earlier. I can remember seeing the Mercedes C111, mm-hmm. the orange car, mm-hmm. in a shopping center in Leeds. In probably the late '60s, and mm-hmm. this is the first time I'd ever seen that kind of car. You know, a, right, sport, right. a fastback, totally. uh, mid-engine. It was a rotary engine car. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. That's probably the most. Yeah, I would imagine that's the first time I'd seen it. Okay, exotic car.
2: What was the the first car you you had um, as a cha- or teenager? I should say. Well, my adrenaline. my
1: parents thought oh, cars are too dangerous, so I had uh, motorbikes. Oh, so I no. <laughs>
0: They thought that motorbikes were safer right. than yeah. cars? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't ask me why. Wow. Well, um, interesting. But I'm still here,
1: so that was... Right. No, yeah. that's, that's the most important <laughs> part. But then when I went to college, I needed transport. So I had a Morris Minor van with great big wheels on jacked up at the back.
0: Did you hot rod it?
1: It looked a bit hot roddish. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. and,
0: <laughs> um So you and I, we know each other through the Porsche world, I would yes. like to say. Yeah. Um when did your love for Porsche start? I mean, it, well, you did it, mention it. Yeah,
1: it it was always there because, and I remember I did uh, at college, I did a thesis on Porsche, which in know, days meant going into the library and getting books and photocopying pictures out of these books. And I never imagined I'd be working with the people in those photographs, which
0: happened. I mean, uh, yeah. You. You changed, the, you had great influence on the history of Porsche and what Porsche is now. Now, I mean, the 993 is one of the most iconic cars in modern Porsche history.
1: It's the last air-cooled.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I the know. The last it's... air-cooled
1: car. Yeah. And at, that, at the time, in the studio, we were working on uh, a four-door Porsche, a 969. Mm. No, sorry, the 989 and that was taking up a lot of design capacity and i was you know in in the corner modifying this this old 911 you know (laughs) when you think about it it, it, i mean it's based on a car from 1963 Mm -hmm. or even even earlier than that it's got the five instruments every the the glass area is the same Mm -hmm. and here i am hot rodding a car that's it just basically hot rodding nine elevens, that's what I've been did doing you on, did you know what my...
0: impact that car will have while you were working on it and while after uh, it was released?
1: I don't it's hard to remember that because that's quite a while ago. I don't think any of us were really aware. I think we're all a bit wary of of the next generation because then the nine and six and nine eighty six were being done mm-hmm. the 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 thoughts were, are people going to accept a water-cooled 911? That that was the thing. Yes. Rather than thinking, oh, there's a last wet air-cooled, we were thinking more about That's
0: the future. is okay. the water-cooled
1: yeah. car going to be a success. So I'm interested, how, um, how did you get to Porsche? Where were you before, how? Uh, I tried to get into Porsche when I finished at school. Mm-hmm. I was sponsored by Peugeot mm. in England, uh, and I assumed… I'd be able to go to Paris, but they were, they also had um, offices in Coventry and I didn't want to go back to Coventry. And that's where they'd send me. And I tried Porsche and I tried, and I tried Opel and Porsche didn't have a place. And Opel took me on in 81. Okay. So suddenly I, I ended up in Germany, uh, but about 150 miles away from where I wanted to be. <laughs> but that was a start. So, I worked for Opel in Germany for five years.
2: Wow. Then how did the opportunity open up for? uh...
1: Uh, Itchy feet, I guess. And okay, you start to think, uh, how am I gonna progress, and let's see if I can get on. And I tried Porsche again. Uh, I I even tried BMW, I think. But Porsche invited me for an interview, and, and it worked. I was interviewed by Tony Lapine, I think. Dick Soderberg, who became my studio chief. Dear Amazing.
0: That's relationship. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. So I must ask, you drive a 993?
1: I have a 993, yes. <laughs> is it turbo? It's not a turbo.
0: It's it, what do you think of the turbo design-wise? Which one would you prefer? Which Kenyan? one? Which yeah.
1: F- well, my favorite 993 is, is uh, a C2S. So it's the wide body. Yeah split grille which was another thing that i dreamt up so we've got to make this because and that's when we started oh. to realize this would be the last car the wide body and uh, let's do a split grille which is reminiscent of the 356 uh c right. right. uh, o did them did the B have a split grille i can't remember but anyway split grille from a 356 so that's was with and then so has the wider rear has revised rear and front bumper treatments and uh, my Turbo Twist wheels,
0: of course, the Turbo Twist wheels, <laughs> <laughs> which,
1: which are very polarizing. Yes, depending on which side of the car you look at them, because sometimes they're going. I don't... know, I know, it's, it's a, a really little funny illusion. effect, and that's that was um, a revolution for Porsche in the <laughs> pun not intended. A revolution for Porsche oh, that's funny. to come <laughs> up with to come up with um, a directional wheel. In fact, in the automotive industry, you'd hardly ever see one.
0: Well. Yeah that's true I never really thought about that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So
1: you No, no I was just um
2: what other projects did you have your hands in um at Porsche notable ones that so, the audience might know Yeah
1: so uh, the 993 range then there was the GT1 series of cars which initially anyway were, were based on the um the body of a 993 or a 911 if you mm-hmm. like um GT1 96 was a nine and three, then GT one ninety seven. It was the same car, but we put nine nine six headlights on it. It's it's bizarre what we did in those <laughs> days. So the, the we called it the the GT one uh, ninety seven Evolution or the Evo, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's got the nine nine six headlights.
0: So My, you so you have the you. I want to say you have the Porsche DNA. You yeah. are the Porsche DNA running through your veins, and you have the hot rod excitement of playing with what's already there and having yeah. fun with it and personalization. Now, what's your favorite car memory? Like a fun story, um, a drive, a moment in the design studio, anything that Yeah, really
1: well, we were meant- talking about the GT1s. My most incredible memory is driving from the track in Le Mans because in '98, I was with the team for about eight days because wow. uh, I was in charge of the logistics of the graphics and everything. And um, we had the road car, the GT198 road car, the white one. This is the carbon monocoque, so a very exclusive. There is only one road car, and it was at the track. And in those days uh, the um, technical approval was in the city centre of Le Mans. I don't think it is anymore. That would be too much of a logistic no, nightmare. No, no. So all the race cars went on the Tuesday to Le Mans, the city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: you you've just got to imagine this. And, um, I was a passenger with Bob Wallach in, in the white road, GT 198 car driving into the city, every headlight, every, um, traffic lights. We had to open the doors cause it was just, <laughs> it was an oven in there. And, uh, and drove back with him too. That was fantastic.
0: Incredible. That was. Uh, I never
1: forget that. Never forget that.
2: Yeah. Working for Porsche, did you have a lot of creative freedom? It seems like you. No. No, you didn't. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't
1: know a company where designers have uh, as much creative freedom as they want. But uh, working for Porsche, if if you did a new a uh, new project, and everybody thinks you get a white piece of paper and you can draw a new carbon the white piece of paper has got it's got past in it it's got the 911 in it you can just about see it it has got then the engine and the people and oh it's got to have these headlights and, and so you're pretty much restrained it's not very often you you have 100% freedom and that's okay you know that that's that's why i was at Porsche and uh, it's all part of the the evolution of the mark i suppose yeah
0: no, absolutely. You have to keep the design the end yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. And, bring it into the future. Uh,
1: and helped uh in not no small way by the people who are already there, by the projects that's gone before. But um working on the nine nine three, for example, I worked with three modelers,
0: oh. three
1: German modelers who worked with Butsi Porsche on the original nine eleven in 1960, 61, mm-hmm. you know, yeah doing
0: your dad's car. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And these guys <laughs> I had to I had to tell these guys what to do on, on the nine and three. So, you know, it's a bit, it was a was a bit daunting.
0: I can but, imagine. Uh, yeah. um, I was yeah. lucky enough to meet these gentlemen. Oh, really? And also for our audience to understand a bit better, the car that um Tony was referencing is a nineteen sixty-three um, nine oh one prototype. Yeah. And quick quick blue. Exactly, the quick blue, it's an enamel blue and Quintessentially, the oldest 9/11 that exists right now. It's number six. Number six, precisely, yeah. Yeah. and this yeah. is incredible to think about. Just looking at the timeline, the same people, yes, the original designers. I mean, the creators of 9/11 yeah. working together with Tony, creating the 993. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it gets better yeah. than that. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, no.
2: It's... I, I think I read somewhere that you kind of put your
1: design touch on the career gt somewhat then that was that was a long drawn out project that uh started i think we started in visac but it quickly moved to a studio that we were renting in Huntington beach oh and Mm -hmm. uh a group of designers worked on the career gt project there and the car was the, the final show car was finished there there were two show cars so the clay model was finished and the show cars were finished and But before the show cars had finished, we were already in BISAC looking at how to make this car into a reduction car, and that was my job. And so I came over once or twice, um, and we got data from, from the modelers. We measured the car, the clay, took it back to Germany, and uh, started to make a, a feasible road car out of the show car, which didn't have a roof, didn't have a cooling concept, it didn't have a fuel tank. It was just basically... Um, they chopped up, chopped up a Boxster and put the Le Mans V10 <laughs> engine on the back. Uh, it looked great, but it, uh, that's only the start of a project. No, it's
0: so similar. What do you think
2: about uh, the car now and the oh, legacy, I love it. The
1: legacy it, it, it holds today? It is hold, yeah, it's holding, yeah. I, w- I just wish that w- because it's a carbon fiber car, I just wish we'd had perhaps finer shut lines. There's one or two things that were cost-driven decisions, which I... I won't mention here, but there were one or two <laughs> things that happened. But I think it came off okay. I
0: think
1: it's it, a great. Is, is that does that happen often
2: when you look at your designs or in the cars that you design? I'm like, ah, little things still kind of yes. stick out. Like, only if I did this, yes, or, you know,
1: absolutely, you're absolutely,
2: always critical on your work, absolutely. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah the perfectionism. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, and, I was and say. the.
1: the, 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 the you have to know when to stop when you're doing a car as well, and, <laughs> uh, and it's good that we have rigid um, project planning systems with milestones, design freeze, styling freeze, uh, um, things like that. And they happen on a day, and and the board are invited to to say, to say yes or no, or there might be two decisions, some decisions to make. They're good that we have those things. Otherwise, it just go on.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, in the design process, um, and I don't want to narrow it down to just designing the whole, from blank piece of paper to mm. final product. Mm. What's your favorite? What's your favorite part of of the whole? I want to say It's probably I, I just I, yeah, I, Thank you. I, I
1: love the uh, the three D phase working with the modelers. Mm. So that's when you start to see uh, what it's really going to look like. So there's that, and then the final phase, like two or three years down the road, when you See real ones,
2: even prototypes, turning wheels. So, um, as a designer, how many times did you butt heads with the engineers? <laughs> is it a com- <laughs> is it a common
1: <laughs> headbutt? <laughs> it's yeah. We we're, were always <laughs> small, uh, lean teams. Even in those days, it's now a modern, you know, term mm-hmm. lean lean uh, team. But um, we all knew each other. It's all great fun. Sometimes there were decisions to be made and if it came to a head then somebody higher up hierarchy hierarchy would have to make decisions um but you know i i know what works aerodynamically or not really mm-hmm. uh so it's not as if we did stuff that, that wouldn't work and then the production processes uh was there long enough to understand how things worked and it People say there's a fight, but there isn't really. It's, it's all, we're, we all want one thing that's uh, the best product.
2: So, With that being said, what's the, the biggest challenge being a, a
1: designer, in your opinion? It's, uh, we said knowing when to stop, but it's knowing how far to go with a new design, mm. or how to step back and not do too much. Take the 964, for example. That car was, don't quote me, but I think 80% new but it looked like the old car with some modified bumpers and uh didn't go down very well with the public and so that was why the 993 happened try and make try and make it look a lot more different so mm. it's knowing it's a tightrope walk knowing
0: how far point. to go
1: how far to go mm. you can't alienate your uh, your customers by doing something that's completely different
0: no no of course not but
1: it has to be a bit different otherwise the, you know the customers get bored, yeah. so yeah
0: yeah it's all about finding the sweet point yeah now what are your favorite cars in your garage
1: in my garage you took the question out of my mouth <laughs> well I've got, yeah well apart from my motorcycle okay so
0: <laughs> you can I, tell us about your motorcycles but
1: i've got a, a hot rod a bmw motorcycle
0: really yeah I've, that's so cool. Oh, not, that's the picture have that you seen sent that? Me. Did I send that? I don't know. I'll do. show you. <laughs> Please do. So then, yeah.
1: So, um, but I have a a nine and three cab, yes. in black, and uh, a nineteen thirty four Ford three window coupe.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's yes.
1: downstairs in the car park.
0: Nice. yeah yeah it's a mm. perfect place to bring a hot rod as the Peterson uh, Museum correct correct exactly. that's where we all started off and you
2: you're putting some miles on it in this last week or we so, put on right? I don't know I think we worked out about
1: 600 miles in okay. the last few days yeah. yeah it might even be more I'm not sure we took the long way down from Oakland there you go and it's just been incredible seeing I've never seen California like that before in my life it's just fantastic
0: I'm envious when I saw those yeah. photographs. They look like paintings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super. Do you, and do you have any any dream cars?
1: Um,
0: you said one day.
1: Well, we just walked around the basement.
0: <laughs> I know. And, you, you, you know,
1: that, that Chrysler with those um, louvres in the side, this chrome strip. Yes. Whose car was that?
0: That's just uh, knocked me out. The Cadillac. The, the the Cadillac. Sorry, Cadillac. was it the Cadillac?
1: That just knocked me
0: out. That's mm. a 1955-Gear Cadillac? I believe it's a fifty-five, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's one of two. Absolutely. The other one was Rita, Rita, Rita Hayworth. Yeah. Worth. So it's a little tongue twister I got in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but there are there weren't very many British cars, probably obvious. Yeah. I, I love uh, early Jags. Mm. Mm. I love D love C types. Yeah. I remember d types. We
2: actually have um after this, uh if you want to check it out, we have our XKSS. There you go, Steve uh, McQueen. Steve, Steve okay, McQueen. there yeah. you go. That's it. Uh, yeah. Modeled yeah. off the D-type. There you go. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: But um, we asked this to everyone: Do you follow motorsports? Or I do currently. I, I don't.
1: Uh, not I used to watch every Formula One race. Okay, happened, you <laughs> yeah. know, but uh, I don't these days. Who was like yeah. one of your favorite drivers at the time? At the time.
2: Yeah, when you were following.
1: When I was following. Uh, or a team. Well, actually, Ferrari. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's us. <laughs> I'm secretly always happy when a Ferrari wins.
2: <laughs> you must have been uh, happy this past weekend when they won Le Mans. Wasn't that
1: amazing? Yeah, incredible. Wasn't that absolutely amazing? <laughs> you
0: were in Le Mans for Not, the race.
1: Uh, I was there the week before. Oh, okay. Okay. But wasn't that amazing? And Porsche didn't, unfortunately, didn't do very well. So Yeah. yeah. I, I have to check. It. I don't know the real reasons what happened, but uh, finally, Ferrari's yeah. good at something.
0: Oh
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, but you've got to hand the credit to them. it's a brand new car. No, it's no, truly incredible. And fantastic.
0: It's it's well deserved. Yeah. It's well deserved. Yeah. Especially yeah. with what Ferrari's current racing situation is. I think it's very, yeah. very good yeah. for them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We 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 follow the the current season. We, very... we follow
0: the current Formula One and yeah. everybody that we bring into the car stories hot seat, I like to call it, is always as so who who's your team? Who's your driver? So <laughs> And um, to all of our listeners out there and potential future designers, is there any piece of advice that you would give your younger self or car aficionados that are outside?
1: Uh, I'd say it's it's great uh, business to be in, but it's sometimes very tough. Ups and downs, you know, highs and lows. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a competitive um, job to be in. Like you could lose out and you lose some projects and you have to have a a strong substance sometimes to, to get through some stuff. So it's it's hard. But if if it's your passion, go for it. Try it.
0: Absolutely. That's yeah. good advice. Now speaking yeah. about um passion, I wanna go also a little bit into detail of how we know one another. Yes. And um talk about one of my personal favorite cars, that the family business. Has created so far, and it has all of the Tony DNA in it, which is the Ruth Bergmeister that Mm -hmm. we brought out last Mm -hmm. year. Um, He designed Mm -hmm. it, by the way. Oh, really? Yes, he did. Beautifully done. To (laughs) to introduce to the audience is a monoturbo prototype car that we created. Um, Actually, I'm going to pass the microphone to you. Well, okay. So (laughs) introduce the car, please. The
1: the customer wanted a bag spider. So the Porsche is it the 909, the beg Spider, that weighs, you know, hardly anything. And uh, he wanted it out of a 993 Cabriolet, which weighs a ton. Yeah. And it's not really, <laughs> uh, even though if I can say that it's not really the most elegant, open-top car. But So how can you make this thing? Uh, so the customer wanted that. And um, your dad and I thought, well, <laughs> how on earth are we going to do this? So I, I went home and, and um, made some sketches. Under th- three three influences for the bagmeister. Uh, first of all, of course, is the original bag spider,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So
1: racing car doesn't have a front uh, doesn't have a rear bumper because you don't need them on racing cars. So then, secondly, um, there's the uh, Tony Adamovich in 1971 raced uh, a Trans Am. I think it was a Trans Am 911 that had no rear bumper. It had. Great big megaphone exhaust sticking out the huh. back. And thirdly, uh, influence from the GT1 cars that I worked on with the cut cutaway wheel arches and put those three things together
0: and came up with, best. yeah.
1: <laughs> then we had a an, a, a body uh, in Pfaffenhausen and I taped up the wheel arches. We cut out, I think, 20 millimeters, lowered the whole thing. Uh, Hans and Fritz didn't like the idea, but I, those cars... <laughs> This car's got to be slammed, I
0: mean.
1: uh, and um, and then we we did it digitally. We made the car in Alias and looked at it in 3D glasses. You know, so you, it looks a bit stupid when somebody's doing that in a room with nothing in it, and there's a person on his knees peering at an imaginary um, fender of a car. But that's what we were doing, and that's that's how you. That's how you can save time and money by doing something virtual rather than I mean, making a model. you
0: created that car within a year.
1: Oh, much less, much less than, much less less than, than a Wow! And that's impressive. We would never, <laughs> we never have the balls to do that at work. No, right. I mean, I, I, never I, do that. I
0: tell you <laughs> <laughs> when, when we say we're car crazy and just crazy, full stop. Yeah,
2: that's yeah.
1: what it is. So, the, and then a, a third reason or fourth reason I wanted to have the rear exposed is because. The 993 engine and the 993 rear axle is a piece of art. And when they're walk, working around walking around your father's uh, workshops, seeing these cars naked, they're just fantastic technical things, yeah. and just to cover that up with uh, plastic bumpers, you know you don't need it. You don't you don't. <laughs> you don't and you know
0: um, I was I'm a very lucky duck. We took the car to Pebble Beach yes. last year, and mm-hmm. we had so much fun. We took it on the Laguna Seca track to take some photos, and there's some yeah, fantastic photos. Yeah, I got I got to photos. drive it around Laguna Seca. You got to drive Imagine it. Oh, Imagine, so cool. There's some fantastic Imagine. photos. Um, it's a two seater, mm-hmm. open car, and it's by oh, you a quail, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. We showed it at the quail, mm-hmm. and um, oh, well, there was three
1: of us in it. I know, but it's and <laughs> it was and it was Tony,
0: my mother, and my father, and and that was such a beautiful picture because. <laughs> You know, there was so much passion and excitement put into this car. Mm. Mm. And um, I was a lucky duck and I got to drive it in September up the Großglockner, which Mm. is the beautiful mountain pass in Austria.
1: And there was snow, right?
0: That was the first snow of 2022. So,
1: and do you remember the initial virtual reality pictures of, of they the Bergmeister? They were in the snow. We set it I in a remember. snow, with, with mountains with snow, and it looked exactly the same. Wow. Yes,
0: so for our for our American audience, Bergmeister directly translates. Berg in German means mountain, and Meister means master. king, master, master, master of the mountain. Yeah. And um, my parents were in the, in the United States, and you weren't around, I don't know where... Where you were, and then I decided, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this um, tour, this rally with the GP Ice Race team to do the Glockner closing. And I wrapped myself up, and I got into the car, and it was one of the most exhilarating feelings Mm. to be not only driving it and having, I mean, the sound of a single turbo. Yeah. yeah. With that is so exposed as I well. I was very
1: sceptic when sceptical when they said the, uh, when the customer said he wants a mono turbo. I wanted the normally aspirated.
0: No, that would also. But mean,
1: but the turbo sounds so, great. I mean,
0: I can't I can't even imitate it. It's just going <laughs> <laughs> you can. something
1: like that. Something. I'm sure you can turn <laughs> the volume I'm,
0: on <laughs> when, when. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still I'm still learning its language, but. um <laughs> I remember, and it started snowing, and people were just looking and saying, "Are you mad? Close, close the top!" And I said, "Has no top!" And my adrenaline was through the roof pun intended and. And I remember when I first started working here at the Peterson, yeah. you asked. He asked me, he's "Like, oh, I, I'm sure you had, <laughs> I'm sure you had heating at full blast." And the, and the, and then he told me he was like, "Oh, I'm sure you had. Um, what did you say? The seat heating as well." Ventilated. The seats. ventilated seats, and I said, "You know, we are lightweight over here. We don't even have yeah. a rear bumper." <laughs> you
1: know, at like Una Seca, I was frozen stiff. It was really cold.
0: But you forget about it when you have yeah. one of the. Um, all of the excitement of the car, and I'm so happy that you joined the roof family through that car. I mean, yeah, it's great fun. Great and she's fun. mentioned great, this great story fun. multiple times. I know so it's, it's,
2: she truly means it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's truly a lot of emotions are attached yeah. to that car, and of course, the quail. And yeah,
1: I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a, a version with the roof. And it looks fantastic. Over oh, the roof, speedy, oh. so we'd have to put a speedster windscreen on it and a uh, speedster roof, and it'd look great. So, there you got it. That's
0: brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but there's just something, you know, with the panoramic view of the engine open.
2: I, I'm still amazed that you got it done with less than a year.
1: It's less than yeah. yeah.
0: I mean,
2: is, is that the benefit of working with the smaller car company?
1: Abs- absolutely, and mm-hmm. we everybody knew it was a risk, and it was a risky business. I think you got that nine twenty eight from risky business downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a risky business not doing a model for a complete car, and uh, no, normally you wouldn't do that.
0: You wouldn't do that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like yeah, we're crazy, and we believe in the mm-hmm. projects that we do. Mm-hmm. It's true. I mean, in Pfaffenhausen, we have the best team. I mean, like you said, Hans mm. and Fritz were very skeptical. Mm. Hans and Fritz, very German names. They yes. are the... Um, They're
1: the two right hands of your father. Yes, okay. quite frankly, the two <laughs>
0: the two right hands of my father. I wanted to say the um, building structure of the company almost. They mm. um, started at the company when they were 15 and 16 years old, um, and my father was 19. Oh, wow. So they've been... Mm. Together since their teens, wow. and they truly have the DNA of roof, and they know what they're doing. Yeah. Put it that way. And it's just beautiful, uh, beautiful yeah, symphony. Yeah.
2: Switching it up, we another question we asked our guests um, What's your opinion on EVs? <laughs>
1: You're oh,
0: um, getting political.
1: It, uh, great. You know, you can, they're so fast. What, what can you say? Mm-hmm. What can you say? I could talk about the design of some of them if I wanted to, but I don't want it to be critical.
2: Would you ever own one? I mean,
1: uh, at the moment, not because of, uh, the infrastructure where I live isn't there. So it's hard for me to, to, to have that kind of opinion. I have my personal opinion <laughs> is that it's, we're not there yet with um, EVs. I don't mm-hmm. know how that can work in cities. An EV is good for a city where you have short journeys and stuff. But if you live in a city, you can't charge it because if you live in an apartment building, how are you going to charge your EV? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think, uh, and I'm sad that more commercial vehicles are not EV where they have set distances. They know they have to go to 200 miles so they can have a battery that does that. I Mm -hmm. don't know why that isn't um, more prevalent. I don't know why. Does as a
2: designer, does it affect um, your design? I guess it does. So, yeah, that, so then we're getting
1: another, onto another subject, and uh, it's interesting that, that the people generally who would buy an EV don't. Pro, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. Don't have my automotive aesthetic, mm-hmm. which is big wheels, you know, swoopy body uh, dynamics. They don't. Buy the car because they want to be the next imagination, imaginary racing driver. Mm-hmm. it's they have a different kind of aesthetic. so and that's why you might have seen that the early EVs and hybrids all looked, I would say, acquired taste. You know mm-hmm. you can see, oh, that's that's a hybrid. <laughs> uh, I'll say it. They were ugly. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know, I'm not, I'm not i not. So you, <laughs> you can tell that they, they were trying to do a different aesthetic mm-hmm. compared to a normal car and whether that's the right route, I don't know. We did the Taycan, which has a slightly different aesthetic mm-hmm. to, um, to the, uh, internal combustion cars that the Porsche make, mm-hmm. but not that much different. And there's a lot of DNA in the Taycan. um, Remains to be seen. Look what, look what um, BMW, BMW did. Um, very strange, different mm-hmm. uh, aesthetics for their electric cars compared to the uh, yeah. normal cars. I don't know which way to go. I, I don't know.
0: I think it's very interesting when you look at, I mean, going back to the C111. Yeah. I think, does. I mean, of course, I'm not the designer, but here, any time in human history... That people wanted to predict the future and predict what the future would look like, especially in design or in the art world. The future never looked like that. And it's very much stuck in its time. And I think currently we're in our second wave of retrofuturism, actually, Mm. in the sense of this is the future, this is the difference, but I think that maybe, maybe 50 years from now, we're going to look back and say, this was definitely from the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Like we mm-hmm. can say this is definitely from the 80s when they thought this is what, you know what I mean? No, no, totally. What the yeah, futures yeah. look like. I mean, I look remember, at the Strata yeah. Zero. Look at yeah. the C111. Yeah. Look yeah. at the Pontiac, um, Pontiac Vivant. Yeah. I mean, these were all beautiful concept cars. And I think it's just very interesting to see these, also these crazy lights on the road. And very, I want to say, futuristic-looking cars or almost concept concept cars on the road. And
1: But the cool. question is, will people want to be identified with cars? Will they just want to get from A to B and it's an inconvenience to have to use a car yeah. becomes an, apl- an appliance? Or will they have it parked in front of the house and say, this is great, I love this, it's going to get me autonomously to where I want, but look at it, isn't it great? I don't know if that's going to happen. Hmm. I, I mean... I think everyone, there's a certain amount of people that are going to want
2: to be different and look different and have that flashy car and and car to show off, like you were saying, just like in the driveway. Maybe it plays but, it.
1: But if they just press the button and then it, the electric motors are the same, everything just, and it gets them there just like everybody else, just they look a bit different. Well, I don't know if that's.
2: Well, especially here in Los Angeles, you're going to want something to stand out. Most people want, you know, a little flashy, no matter. Even if it's just pressing yeah. a button, you know, you want to I mean,
0: have, wanna you have seen, eyes on them. Have you seen all these modified Teslas here? I mean, this is something no. that I've noticed no? <laughs> since moving here. I mean, it's insane. You have <laughs> magenta, metallic, pink wrap Teslas, wise, and then you have with crazy lights. I mean, it's already happening, and I think they, it's they very lo- interesting. They lower them,
2: too. They put airbags on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like it's airbags, <laughs> No, I've never mean, seen. Hydraulics?
2: No, airbags. So you could... Um, Yes, hydraulics
0: or airbags. Uh, oh, okay, okay, uh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a translation. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting mm-hmm. and
1: Yeah, and, and I wanted to say that the performance of, of EVs is just un- unbelievable. So yeah. that's there already. Yeah. And I'll never forget one one test I was on, we had a fleet of we always have fleets of matte black cars to go on tests. There's always a couple of 911s and a couple of Panameras and, and Cayennes? No, no, there was no Cayennes. But anyway, we're about ten cars in this column somewhere in Spain. I'm not sure where it was, and I I was irrelevant what car I was in. But I was in this line, and we came to a T junction, and I remember the next GT3 RS took off, you know, noise and and Mm. screeching tires. The next one was perhaps a GT4 RS. Noise and screeching tires <laughs> and stuff, and then sitting there, and then um, black Taycan just went, just disappeared. And I thought, what happened then? Yeah. What happened then? It just disappeared, nothing, no. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this, <laughs> this interesting. That, that. And that was for me a, a turning point in my attitude towards electric cars, seeing that happen,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. mean. Automotive dinosaur, you know right. automotive aesthetics and sound. I love drag racing. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's funny you mentioned the Taycan because we've had some previous
2: guests. We again we've asked them this question, and they all say, "I love my Taycan." They good. Yeah, the it's Taycan like, is a great car. Yeah, good. especially for EV. That's like if you're mm. like a true petrolhead, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's like a good car for you, if
1: mm-hmm. you're going the EV route. You know. So what's a uh, electric car enthusiast called if, if I'm a petrol head? What are they called?
0: Energy lover? <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
1: what head? Elect-
0: what, what head? <laughs> electric
1: head? Electric. <laughs> El- you see, it doesn't have that. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe we just have to get used to it. It's all in the branding. I'm sure that we can come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah, we're actually... Nerd. <laughs> <No>. Nerd.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's like,
2: funny. like Eloisa said... Um, you Know there's a lot of custom uh Teslas here, and I'm going to do a little plug now. But on J- June 25th, we're actually having our first cars and coffee EV. So, EV cars and coffee here at the, at the Peterson. So
0: that's going to be very interesting. Yeah,
2: we already have over close we, to 200 cars, be very EVs. quiet, exactly. It's going to be our quietest <laughs> our neighbors yeah, are, we'll are have to complain. have some music playing because <laughs> no, that's we, we always get complaints from our neighbors of cars like leaving, peeling out. And, oh, and, we had uh, a JDM.
0: Yeah. Um, Cars and coffee Japanese. two weekends ago. Yeah. That was so much fun.
2: We had over like seven, 800 people here. It was ridiculous. Yeah, on the, the parking
0: structure. Really? We closed off everything. The whole
2: parking structure got filled within like the first hour in the morning. By 8, 8 a.m. it was already filled. <laughs> it was ridiculous.
0: I have to show you some photographs. <laughs> yeah. Here. But
2: yeah. obviously the huge, it's a huge Japanese um, car culture here. Mm-hmm. It's extremely big. You know, mm-hmm. going back to custom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I have a, a a question just wrapping things up. How do you want to be remembered as a designer?
1: Oh, <laughs> as, yeah, yeah.
2: I know I'm getting a little deep now.
1: but <laughs> uh, uh, Well, I'll just think about that one. I'd like to think that I've helped um, the progression from the early 60s up, in, um, up until where we are now mm-hmm. and kept the flame burning, the, the passion for our cars.
2: Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Tony. Thank you. Thank Thank you for hosting with me, Daniel. Of course. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in today on our Car Stories podcast.